Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Little More Good. It is good to have you join us for the show. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Dean, and I'm here with Zach. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Yeah. How you doing, man? Good, man. Well, well hydrated. Been having my water today, my structured, revitalized water with my trace minerals. You know, feeling good. There you go. I like that, um, you know, we talk a lot about rabbit holes. Mm. And that might be a, a bigger theme of the podcast in the future because we love kind of exploring our rabbit, our, our rabbit holes and other people's rabbit holes and the tangents that um, they take us on. But I think water has been our greatest rabbit hole. Oh, man. And like, yeah, I agree. And it's and been a long one. You know, we've been we've been navigating this uh, this labyrinth of water for uh, like almost like maybe over a year or so yeah, now, yeah, a year definitely. and a half. And a number of a number of different episodes we've had that kind of focus on water. Uh, Jen is friend. We talked with Carrie B. Wallace about water. Tracy Dews. Tracy Dews. We talked with Darren O'Leon and uh, his water kind of structure system. Dr. Gerald Pollack. Yes. So it's definitely been a theme for our lives, but also like stuff we brought to the pod because we've always just been like, let's explore what we're curious with and expose it to our listeners. And, you know, you and can either dive in with us or be like, well, not my thing. But either yep. way, it's been really fascinating to just learn something that's so simple and foundational and many of us just take for granted. Um, but really seeing how important it is. And also like in terms of, you know, kind of these life uh, moments where you become really curious about something and then pursuing this depth of knowledge of water to carry on upon. It's also like opened so many doors to other things that we've become increasingly curious about, right? That has led us to other really fascinating people, right? So water and mitochondrial health and sunlight and some of these more like what you might call quantum practices. It's been awesome. Yes. I, I feel like our paradigm of health and wellness has, has very much evolved and changed from yeah. like like nutrition and 
fitness, like exercise movement to this kind of more circadian um, quantum realm that you mentioned, uh, you know, light and water and, and grounding and mitochondrial health and, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, water was the, the gateway and it kind of has led us to a, a broader sense of, of well-being and, and, um, and the many facets of, of water from the physical kind of benefits of, of being hydrated to kind of the more spiritual realm of, of what water, um, the language of water, how it holds memory and, and how it shows up in, and most kind of worship or religious or faith-based kind of um, practices, you know, whether it's an indigenous practice or a more kind of traditional Christian or, or, or you know, all of the kind of major religions have water in their texts, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Isabel Friend has courses on that, you know, not not to kind of loop back there, but uh, if, you, if you are interested, Isabel Friend's got some really cool courses on the spirituality and, and kind of faith practice of, of water historically. Yeah. So, so interesting. And, uh, just continually kind of being students of, of water is something that I never thought I would say. <laughs> I know has been such a cool journey and has introduced us to so many cool people and allowed us to just continue to learn and grow and become even more curious. And today's conversation is just an extension again of that curiosity. We sat down with uh, an amazing guy, Jonathan Butts, he, uh, he's doing incredible work around water and kind of understanding the idea of like living water and bringing in the nuance of how we can use this for the um, health benefits that we have or, or that it can give us and um, yeah, why it's important, why we need to pay attention to the type of water we're, we're consuming, but also like the type of water that is in our homes, like that we wash ourselves with and all of this kind of stuff. And so he's, uh, he's up to some cool stuff. Yeah. Thinking that, you know, okay, we digest water. Our bodies are 99% molecular made up on a molecular scale of water and our skin's our biggest organ. So even like when we're having showers or we're in the pool, like think about how much we're absorbing versus like if we're in a spring or the lake. Um, I jumped on a call with Jonathan before we recorded a couple months before and within five minutes or so, he kind of explained the, the, he went from, you know, spring water to explaining the universe to me all through the lens of, of water. So like how he's understood pretty much everything through exploring water and I was like okay this is going to be a good conversation yeah. like let's get into it and he's such an interesting guy like he um he, he grew up in the midwest in the 70s and the 80s and enjoyed most of his time around water and nature like he's he's very much like a nature nature guy um but his intelligence is is beyond like he went on to graduate from a naval nuclear program uh studied nuclear physics and uh He's he's definitely like a a genius when it comes to understanding how things work, and oh, yeah. and he goes from you know understanding nuclear a nuclear program to understanding water, and it is a fascinating journey. So I don't want to give away too much of it, um, but we do get into kind of debunking some myths around water. There's lots of trends that you see on uh online from alkaline water to deuterium deleted depleted to kind of kangen water or 
all these different ones. So he kind of clears clears some of the messaging around that um, to how to kind of build your own water to make it uh, as as good as nature would uh, kind of brewing water, as he would say. So yeah. uh, and comparing water as a network, just like mushrooms, like that was very well. interesting how, you know, water holds memory and can communicate. And uh, that was kind of mind blowing. So don't want to give away too much because I think you guys will enjoy this one. Yeah. So Jonathan Butts, founder of Natural Action Technologies. He's got some amazing products on his website um, from his home, home water vitality, his undersink filter and faucet that structures and filters uh, to kind of some of his portable. Um, he's got these portable water revitalizers. Uh, he's got his own trace mineral supplements that he uh, mentions throughout the podcast, his uh, MinBiotics, um, which he would add back to your water to kind of rebuild. So make sure you check out naturalaction.com to see some of the things that he's uh, created to kind of upgrade your your water game. Yeah, definitely, definitely awesome. Naturalactionstructuredwater.com. Check it out. Um, and I guess without any further ado, let's... Let's let it roll. All right. Here we go. Jonathan Butts. Yeah. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. We're really excited today to sit down across the Zoom platform with uh, Jonathan Butts. Uh, thank you for joining us. You're someone um, who we learned of your work and became instantly fascinated. Zach and I have kind of been on this journey of understanding water and kind of really, uh, you know, pun intended, like diving in headlong to the mystery of this thing that we all take for granted. We've spoken with a few other people on the podcast who, you know, have kind of shared this understanding that water holds so much more than just hydration. And um, Jonathan, you and the work that you do with your uh, company, Natural Action Technologies, is phenomenal in terms of um, bringing coherence or structure to water. And and even as we were sharing in the pre-pod here conversation, just um, sort of all of the incredible things that you've been discovering as you have given your life and your professional work to studying water. So we can't wait to, to get into it and um, explore some of these talking points and share it with, with our guests and our audience. So thank you for making time to be with us. And um, yeah, we just appreciate you being here on the show. Oh, much gratitude, uh, honor to be here. And I, I absolutely love like 10 years ago, like this didn't really even exist, which is hard to believe. It was kind of an eccentric offbeat. Now it's really moving into the era where, you know, the science is staunch enough where if you argue some of these points, like you're just years behind, you're 20 years behind the science and, uh, and people's, the collective consciousness and I believe it's a synergy. So when the consciousness understands the water better, the consciousness itself comes up for the whole human collective. And how that manifests is infinitely different for everyone. But nonetheless, the number one way to awareness is to start working with the water in you and then around you. And, and that's when you start working it with it in you, you're bound to start paying more attention to the water you know, outside of you. And uh, the two will synergize and that, that'll help the human race out with some simple focus, right? Something everybody took for granted. 
Yeah. It's so fascinating. I remember, I remember learning, you know, okay, we were taught in school or whatever, like 70, 75% of our body is water. And then realizing that it's actually closer to like 99, almost a hundred percent of us, like we are bodies of water. And then we think about illness and, you know, even just like not avoiding illness, but just being the best version of ourselves. Like if the overwhelming majority of our physical being is water. Like that's where we should always start and focus on. And so Zach and I are always kind of endeavoring to say, what's the best way that we can have this experiences as of humans on this planet. And so that was one of the things that got us into water. And yeah, it is just looking at our physical kind of makeup and being like, ah, oh, it's more, we're very similar to like the same kind of ocean plasma that we find out there in the sea. And that maybe that's not a coincidence, but tied to our our creation, yeah, yeah, our there's, evolution. There's, there's a good similarity there in principle. And, uh, you know, the idea that water is aware of itself as a whole on this planet and probably beyond is an interesting concept of the kind of quantum mechanics that stall out with time and space. And, and you what you get is like an instantaneous which devoids time and space. So the universe is, it's like Walter Russell said, the only difference between space and the water on earth is density. It's the same thing. Mm. And so there's a huge tell going on there that, you know, what happens here is known there, whether it requires a response or not is kind of up to an intelligence. We don't, we don't need to know. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we know you can you can go on those journeys and find the tip of a leaf and think you know what the whole tree is at that moment, but you probably don't, you know, and, and what's life without discovery and mystery and frontier? And you know, I was literally at the point where I was an engineer studying conventional stuff, maybe even non, like I did nuclear power, right? That's a little bit off the conventional chart. Um, but how simple it was and I was like, Well, there's not much else to learn or design in principle. And then this water bit came and I was like, oh, there's a whole infinite sea of stuff to do now. And now it switched from like mechanics or the cult of bumping particles as like Ken Wheeler says, or, you know, over to principle, which is the etheric, right? Mm. Principles don't exist in matter. They exist underneath all matter and they can't be destroyed. They, they're just there. You know, you can not apply them. You can do the opposite of them, but it's just all principle at that point. And I thought, wow, how profound, you know, as above, so below is something that can never be destroyed as long as there's observation and lightness, right? I, I was born with a mind that tried to find all the light pieces when something was apart, where a lot of people take things apart and try and separate. They're thinking separate, separate. And I'm always thinking, how is this person similar to that person, even though they look totally different, right? There's similar emotions, similar desires. Like we can see this. So the likes, you know, really do attract to the likes. And we got a lot of weird programming that's true, but it's half the story at best. And the human mind like really can't put things back together if it's always taught to take things apart. And so our science, if you look at it, is analytical and explosion-based energy separation technology right is what it is and this was Schaubriger's big thing is the what's missing here is nobody's talking about the equations or the principles of how nature's put everything is always putting everything together mostly 
and minorly takes things apart to rebuild and try again for better quality. And humankind is just like kind of exploding and heating everything up and separating it. And, and we try and define things by like the lug nut on the car. Mm. And it's like, you know, a, a scientist will be like, well, here's how the car works because I, I know what this lug nut is or an, a living thing's even worse. Right. So, you know, the electron microscope could see a lot of dead things, but when we look at living things under the microscope, we get a whole different story of transmutation and evolution and fast. Like there's some stuff DNA wise. I don't, have you guys talked to Tom Cowan? No. Yeah. He's got a good bit. He tells a really good story. Um, I think everything's a story. Like it's not about proving things. And he's got a really interesting story that definitely aligns with what I was coming to early on in my research that, oh boy, what if water's actually like the information? Because I see information in the water. I see instruction in the water and the vibrations. So I'm kind of like, I think this is like the RNA and the DNA, you know, but I, I never could prove it. I didn't have that equipment, but then a bunch of other scientists, even before I had that idea started releasing it and here we are for science you know what i mean you would you would think with the internet it'd be disinformation and too many people and too much democracy and too many opinions and not enough facts uh, but when you work with the core people here you see like it's a beautiful fact that i'm like this should be on the news like every day friday to remind people that we now know that the beginnings of life and the instruction for life are generated from water. And my favorite is there's a, a huge understanding of cancer, single cells, human pregnancy, and and water and how all this works. And and the 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 fear cancer is almost the proof for water begins life and DNA and RNA aren't the real instruction. And then NASA admitted an RNA case about water in space a few months back that, well, likely RNA probably comes from water. It's basically what they said, and that's how life forms in space. They didn't say life came from water. They said RNA, and you know, but you don't need RNA to have life in the simple form, right? But uh, Dr. Cowan has is, is got a really good in-depth view on that about viruses and proteins and, and water, so he'd be a good one to chat up. And, and get deeper into that, you know? Well, I think it was one of your podcasts that I might have been listening to, like um, an early cancer um, discovery is, is the same as kind of discovering that you're, you're pregnant. Is that, is that correct? Well, there's a, a, so what happens is normally your body would see single cells at too many of them in the wrong place as an invader, like a fungal infection or a yeast infection or a, you know, all the different names for these single cells that are neither plant nor animal, right? right? That's the, that's the thing. So we, we, we start off with, well, we don't know how to identify this. That's the first statement that science makes kind of like, uh, opposites attract. And then the first element diatomic is hydrogen Two mm. positive, supposedly positive charge elements, two likes get together. Nobody's like, Hey, we need to explain this, how this happens before we go off into the rest of the you know, thousands of protons and neutron combinations we have down the rest of the table. So my thing is when you see something that defies what you're being told, 
why isn't that the flag that we're all waving and we need to stop here and learn about that? Mm. That's important if like we're breaking all the rules on step one to me. Like as an engineer, I'm like, you can't break the first rule on step one and expect this thing to work. So mm. what's the real rule here? You know what I mean? Well, the whole scientific uh, method, right? Um, well, on, on water for ourse- our, ourselves, similar to kind of what you're sharing, uh, when we kind of discovered water to be more than, as Dean mentioned, this this hydrating drink that we got from our tap, um, sort of the mysteries of the world started to present themselves in interesting ways. Like water was very much a gateway into being curious about so much more. You know, like we kind of thought diet and, and um, exercise were like the things we needed to focus more on, on for our health. And, and through water, you know, we got into to really discovering a, a deeper connection and understanding to water, to, to grounding and earthing, to sunlight, to our, our mitochondria, and just kind of like realize that um, there is so much more to learn, to be curious about, and water is kind of the the entrance to, to all of it. So I thought, you know, I think we're going to go all over the place just like a, a good river does, um, but maybe we can kind of, as a introduction for for water for for people that this this might be new to this way of thinking that um you know water is more than what they they get from their tap um maybe we can start with you know your understanding and this this will probably be a long answer that will go in many directions but um your understanding of what water is why it's important um the health benefits of that and how living water and structured water, what you're creating um, with your with your devices, how that is different than, you know, still dead water from a tap. Maybe we can start with that basis. And then I'd love to get to the kind of the miracles and the the kind of awe and wonder, which is all, you know, with the, the beautiful mind that you have can break it down in a scientific kind of matter. I see it as like magic and miracles, <laughs> but you can put language to it. Uh, maybe we can start at the the beginning and then we can get to the to the magic towards the end of the conversation. Okay, so it, the first thing, uh, what is water? If I had to define it, I would say it's a communication system, outbound and inbound. And the more living the water is, the more it's going to kind of act like an RNA, DNA, and start to encourage adaptation to uh, target harmony. And and its harmonies aren't always like exactly like we would consider musical harmony matter of fact if you transcribe a lot of the vibrational shifts in water you get some interesting sounds um kind of like uh you know like if you listen to the planets from nasa you'll you'll hear these mysterious like deep sounds right and it's kind of teaching about different types of harmonies and, and they build coherence right so that's water's goal is to manifest the idea of the universe in my opinion so the male is hidden in water and the female is the porthole which everything's born the idea is born from which is kind of analogous to the way it works anyways um so it's all very simple when you take that view and then when you keep cracking down into it you're like oh you know why does the womb end up shaped like an egg rather than a circle you know why is there always this asymmetry oh creativity is the number one 
dictate of the universe. So things can't be in balance. They're in relative balance to each individual, but everything has to constantly be out of balance to keep twisting, turning, forming. And, and it's all relative, right? Some things seem very stable and they won't change. And, you know, that's because we have a hundred year perspective, you know, what about a million year perspective? So it opens your mind to, Hey, there's things we know, but mostly we don't know. And it, and it's kind of like Krishnamurti, like you just have to feel and observe as soon as your mind starts putting definitions to it, you're trying to freeze everything. That's what define means kind of. And then words are like defined by more words. So definitions should be focal, but it actually gets more complicated. So you're like, wait a minute, this whole thing is a mess. Yeah, you know, so it's more about tone. You know, my ex-wife used to tell me that it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so I'm not allowed to say like I have to say it like nice in order to. She's like, it's the energy, and I didn't really get it because I was not sensitive. You know what I mean? I was kind of a military guy, and I was like, punch your way through it. I don't want to hear any whining. <laughs> you know, it mind over matter. And I like to destroy myself with that philosophy. So when I got destroyed, you know, ego got wiped out, body got destroyed. I had to, you know, learn how to heal and experience it and uh, for a lesson. And and it was rough, but man, it, it gives you a whole new perspective on what reality is. And for males, you know, I'll tell males, well, the only reality is your feeling. And they're so used to being taught to cover up that they'll deny it. Mm. And I'm like, no, like seriously, your eyes are feeding back to electrical center of your whole body, your ears, your tongue, your, your touch. It's all going to the center of your body. And instantly you're feeling an emotion that you either understand or you don't understand. Usually the ones you don't understand are the ones that throw you way out of balance and they're harder to understand. The ones you do understand, like pleasure, you're just like, oh, yeah, this is good. You know what I mean? And then there's layers of happy, right? But happy doesn't make happiness. You know, happy can make a disaster if there's too much of it. So you see this duality that exists in the world of the tides of energy where you got low tide, you got high tide, you got your average, you know, and it's always going to change. What we know uh, this year 10 years from now, like what we thought was the ideal principle for water. It'll be like, well, no, now it's, now it's doing totally this now, you know? And so it's a, it's engaging in the beauty of evolution and holding gratitude in all space, which, which means when stuff's going wrong, even with the water, this is true about the water. Everybody focuses on this like 0.001% of this little thing in the water PFAS, microplastics, all these pesticides, millions, actually millions of things that the water consumes to harmonize with, to make it less toxic, right? But people don't have that faith in the water, that the water's not taking it in to poison you, right? And, and I always give this example, which stumps people too. If pure water, like distilled water, which isn't really pure, but it's very clean, right? And there's different grades of it. So even laboratory grade pure water is hungry we call it juvenile because it was just vaporized and it's newborn and it was very vaporized so what it wants to do is go grab everything to learn and so you put it in your body and it grabs toxins out of your body but it also grabs you know mineral 
But then if you put mineral water in the body, it'll grab more toxins and deliver mineral and won't take your mineral. Why in the world, if it goes into your body and takes toxins out, do you believe that if the water has a little bit toxins in it, that it's going to deliver it to your body when it already knows how to go fetch it and take it out? Hmm. Right? That's, just, that's what it's doing. So when we talk about the living water and the revitalization process, the scientists who studied what Schauberger was saying found a way under the microscope to find standing wave patterns through mineral um, evaporative losses under the microscope and a very controlled like solution. It's not like you can just grab like distilled water has too much mineral in it to even do this. So there's like laboratory finite stuff, but originally our technology back in 12 got tested with this method. And what you see is a right angle pattern that turns into a radial pattern. And that's one of the signs and triggers of living water is that it's no longer right angled and it, it's uh, showing some level of symmetry now. And it's copying things you would see in nature in it's witness uh, pattern. And, it, and it's not an easy science to pull off. It's the idea that every water everywhere is so poisonous that it's bad for you and it'll hurt you unless you buy this technology or that technology. And I just know from, you know, the interaction with the marketplace that everybody is driven by the fear of things. And I'm like, it's all transforming, right? So when you transform the water, you transform the elements. And like we have a lot of repeat uh, objective proof of that. You know what I mean? It's very simple. Like the carbohydrates, proteins, and fats in any substance, like, and I don't know how long it takes, but I can tell you like orange juice is like instantaneous. Hmm. Like that the carbohydrates, fats, and proteins completely change and common sense, they're like much more absorbable and digestible than what it previously was. And this tends to be more true with, highly processed things, mm -hmm. right? Food that's processed more, drinks that are processed more, but there's an energy improvement to all of it. So fundamentally what we're talking about is an all pervasive energy that has a consistent, subtle influence and water densifies that, amplifies it, accelerates it. So in the end, this communication is all to offer life force energy, which is pre-electromagnetic. It, it doesn't, it, it manifests without electromagnetism through electromagnetism in the space in that. So in other words, like the toroid of a red blood cell or, or the center of an algae cell, this is where it's coming out of, out of nothing, out of no space, out of no time. This is how the universe works. And, and like you guys were talking about earlier with the religious scripts, they talk about this stuff that, the past really doesn't exist and the future doesn't exist. Everything's manifesting right now. You know, and there's a digital side to that and there's an analog side to that. And and these are like tools for the mind. Cause here's what goes on. Like you you break you make some living water and then you don't trust that this was tap water, so there might be fluoride still in here. So now the mind is fearful. But like we know, even if you don't filter the water, everybody who's drinking the fluoride tap water and revitalizing it, like especially women, they would call and be like, I'm dreaming like I've never dreamt before. I have vision. In my, and it's like, well, that's probably decal, you know, of, of your system to a degree. 
and and it's more than just calcium, right? There's silicates that do it. There's fluorides that do it. There's a host of things that calcify things. But like a problem we have with our whole home units is if the home is full of scale, they actually clean the pipes out and all the scale comes out and gets caught in screens and, you know, and actually transforms the calcium into a whole new form of calcium. So that's the point is this little of a change that water is capable of by being just sparked. Like it's just a spark. It is, I would describe it just like combustion except it regroups inward and organizes itself inward. So what if it's just so simple that you take on the act of revitalizing your water and drinking it? It might not change and doesn't change your physio physiology immediately, but there is an energy that's immediate. And, and you either sink with it or you don't. Sometimes you have to acclimate. If you're used to something for 10 years and you switch it suddenly, your body will usually reject it, right? It's like taste curbs itself and alters. But the real thing is how you feel because taste is superficial. Eyesight is superficial. All those together go back to that spine and guess what gets produced along the spine that they correlate to immune system. It's this living water that's in the gel state, hmm. protein state, right? Polysaccharide state. And this is what Tom Cowan and some others are doing a much deeper medical dive on. I'm not a medical doctor, so I like to just stay with electromagnetics and, and life force, which is which is simpler, but you'll see there's conflicts in the science between them. So when we try and bring this forward and scale it, what the life force study says is often 180 degrees out of what conventional electrodynamics says and chemistry's 180 degrees out of what electrodynamics says. So we're in the Tower of Babel between do we go left or we go right and everybody fights about it. It don't really matter. This is something you consciously feel. It enters your consciousness and becomes a gateway to deeper understandings of principle rather than matter. And water's just like the like like you said, I couldn't have put it any better that if there's one benefit that comes out of living water and it there's it's flow form technology, there's a lot of different ways to do it. We have our art of how we architect this stuff. And a lot of it's based on engineering and, and study of past developers who dedicated their lives to this. So I, you know, I'd rather study from 10 people who spent 50 years doing it to get started than just start making stuff up out of metadata. So I study like back in the 1700s, 1800s, when, when people were really dedicated and they didn't have preconception that, oh, yeah, we know that. Oh, the computer says it's this. <laughs> you know, Wikipedia says it's that. The doctor says it's this. Those are all things way outside and getting away from your intuition. But And it takes a while. It's been years for me. But the more and more I focus, the more articulate I get. Like anything you do, like painting or playing music, right? It's like playing music. You get smarter about your travel and your energy use and your mind and relax easier when you come into play. And it all just starts working with this. You could tell like this synergy won't end ever. And the thing I would say, what arrives out of this definition of water being a communication system, an internet per se for instantaneous consciousness is that your intuition gets way better. So your consciousness starts to tap your unconscious and you start to be able to direct exactly what you want to draw out of the unconscious, which a lot of people 
sell in the secret and stuff like that. But but there's a foundation and a matrix to this that you have to understand. Otherwise, you're trying to stand on wavy water and you'll just sink in it. Mm. You know what I mean? And you'll get your lesson that way. So there has to be some kind of raft that floats, but water's the real foundation and the raft's moving around, if that makes sense. But it gives you a land to stand on and uh, it's a life's work. But the cool thing is, is every day, you know, you can find something. New. I wonder if I do this to the water. And a lot of times it's so subtle, you don't really know at first. But when your intuition gets better, you can be like, I'm going to stick with this for at least 30 days and see what happens. And then you start seeing things physiologically change that, I mean, you can use water as a medicine all day long and it might be one of the better medicines we have when you get good at it. Even though a lot of the professional world would scoff at me for saying that if I had to pick one met, if I was, you're getting dropped off on the moon and you have one survival too, it would, it would of course be water, but I would use it more than just hydrating myself. Right? Yeah. Is this uh, uh, like, as you're talking about it, I mean, it's just all so fascinating. And now we're coming into a place in our kind of human evolution and history where we have the tools to start to like understand and dig into the science um, behind water. But, and we can talk about these as like new findings, right? Or new understanding, but it's just, we're able old. To, they're, they're old, right? And, and so I'm curious, like how much of the, maybe the, if I can phrase it this way, like the problem of our water is like a modern, um, kind of like a modern consequence of our living, right? So we've got all of these extra things in our water, like back, you know, uh, a thousand years ago when people literally like, you know, Zach driving his car up to the spring, when people got water from the spring and would just drink it and consume it that way, like they were getting all of these, these benefits and these things that were in the water. How much is that has changed part of our, as part of our modern kind of like living? And then maybe a follow up or second part of that question is like the stuff that, that, um, you you are doing where it's like structuring the water and adding you know mineral or whatever to it like how much more how much further can we take it than even just like the best spring water in the world can we kind of like level it up beyond that by i i yeah i think you can if it's used applied correctly right you're not talking about everyday drinking water at that point you're talking more like a medicine like a medicinal water yeah yeah, which inherently means you don't use it all the time because if you did, it wouldn't be good medicine. Right. Right. Your body will harden to it. You'll act like so the diversity in water and the diversity that yeah, there's scientific evidence that um it might not be your thoughts as much as it is your whole body vibration. And the water is showing you how your thoughts are affecting your whole body vibration, which is affecting the water. It's a little backwards because people think like you sit there and stare at the water and like, I want you to heal me of my whatever. Right. And they're, they're using their mind to like put it in there rather than just harmonizing with the water and feeling and saying, I would like to focus on harmonizing with this in a better way and drink the water. Right. Because now you're not in fear going, I want to get rid of this bad thing. And that's what your mind's doing. And you're trying to program that water. The water sees you want to get rid of a bad thing. So now the water has, it doesn't see it as a bad thing, but it supports your idea that it's a bad thing. So when you really get into the discipline of, I'm going to take my whole body and move into gratitude and I'm going to be right right now, 
right? I'm not going to be right all day long, every day from a judgmental brain logical standpoint. But right now I'm, I'm for a split moment. I'm right. And I'm not going to like insecurely do all this, right? So there's where the toxins become stronger is when the water's programmed with fear out of the understanding that like the universe doesn't really get other than what you, the vibrations you put out. It doesn't really get this, but I said, I don't want to be fearful anymore, but you still are thinking about fear and mm -hmm. you said fearful, right? When you truly achieve it, you'll talk love, trust, coherence. You'll start getting those other words out of your head. So for me, I, I'm not going to say it's wise to be ignorant about all the stuff in the water, but don't give it too much power. The water has the ability to change that stuff instantaneously. Yeah. And there's yeah. science to show that. Am I going to tell people to go drink uh, poisonous water that this water will override it? Absolutely not. I would tell people like get the best water you can get and don't be afraid of the best water you can get. Your body will acclimate to it. And if you do certain things and you don't need to buy technology and spend a lot of money, you can figure out how to do this on your own. So money's no excuse. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. And it takes longer, um, but sometimes that's better. You know what I mean? Like our technology supersedes what it would take stirring water for an hour in the technical ways we can measure it. But that person being in there taking more time to transform their water, you'll start to see like the, I don't want to say gurus, but maybe like Tibetan monks and stuff. They can actually structure water pretty quick, but most of them have been working on that for like 30, 40, 50 years yeah. before they get really good at it. And so the technology is a way to kind of give people who aren't going to dedicate their whole lives to inner being and, and, and get the whole human race to kind of move a little bit together. And we can see what you are referring to is the total ignorance for a sacred element is kind of what muddled the thing up. And it's like the stage that was set. Yeah, it's more stressful now. Like that's the, that's what we're all going through in our development. What can we learn from it? Is it really smart to make a 200-story skyscraper and pave over the entire earth? And, set, and then COVID happens and we all know like, oh, you don't even need that. You don't even need that building. And there's a huge problem of waste concentrated overloading. So what you see is the closer you are to a city – the shorter the water cycle is a lot of times, um, you know, and there's exception. Like we're up by the lakes in Lake Erie. The zebra mussels kind of cleaned up all the poison from the 70s. But there's still people who have that stigma. Ooh, that water's poisonous. And it's like, eh, that water's pretty clean and you ain't got to do much to it. And it's very natural. But it ain't spring water. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not going to behave the same way as spring water. You know, we got to look at this life cycle of young to mature water, that to, to finish water and starting that cycle over. And so the biggest thing we could do is not filter out crap and throw it in a landfill and wash it all back out into the rivers again. The biggest thing we can do is start to look at transmutation, manifestation, and, and driving the full life cycle of water, just like a human being would want to be, live a full life. It doesn't want to be born and then recycled after like, you know, it's three. Like it, it, it's not very 
you know, it's not like it's going to be vindictive or complain. It gets recycled, but we see there is a maturation and a life cycle to development in the human being. Um, and it gets better with the understanding of water. And so like now I started telling people, Oh, I know what people are doing. They're like buying stuff and expecting the water to do things for them. And I'm like, if you want water to maximize what it will do for you, then maximize what you do for it. It's just like a mirror mm. and it gets that simple and you can always improve your water, but all water is good. Mm. All water. If you're drinking it, it's good. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might not drink as much. I might just sip on tap water from a place, but I take time to take gratitude for the tap water. I'm not like, Oh shit. I'm stuck with this shitty tap water <laughs> and it's going to ruin me for the day. And at one point in my life, I was kind of like that. And I realized, oh, I have a good and bad water in my mind and I'm not whole with it yet. Mm. And when I get whole with it, you can see like my advancements and ideas and what manifests and what we're going to do is healthy for the company versus like some incoherent effort to, to push something into place. So I'm learning as a human being and I would credit it to, to my dedication to the sacred element and doing whatever I can for it and, and knowing that it gives back and the universe does that too, you know? So, well, I, I think that's great. I, I liked how we talked about in the pre podcast that life isn't about balance. And I think like when we learn something interesting about water, we can create those polar polarities of good water versus bad water. But I like that clarification that you know all water is good um i have a couple questions that i think will lead us further down this this river um can you share you talked about young water and mature water can you kind of share the cycle of water from from young to mature and maybe while you're kind of weaving that that path um touch on like how um, the volcanic waters when it uh, when it reaches the ocean, how that can detoxify it, and maybe the role uh, well it's it's maybe going down the river or the stream or the aquifer or whatnot. Um, how the moon cycles and the sun cycles can kind of play a part, and then while you're kind of weaving this story, I just liked how you talked about how like being a woodsman, um, how you would notice like the deer the animals would all choose a certain part from the river. You know, the sick animals would go to a certain part. So maybe there's there's a few questions in there, but if you can kind of weave weave that into the tapestry of, of, of the story of water from young to mature um, and and kind of that, that journey, uh, that would be amazing. And then we can kind of see where that journey takes us. Yep. Okay, so um, I think one clarification is like, water isn't like linear time dependent mm. so this stuff can happen way faster than you would think and, and also way slower uh simulating the full life cycle of water which will take like a biodynamic standpoint or victor schauberger standpoint john wilkes all these guys you know who were doing this in the 30s to the 60s and really putting it to work in and uh growing and this is where you really learn when you watch things grow and you watch how healthy they are. Um, and, and then you compare that to like modern day practices, right? So we can accelerate to help us get back to the idea. Actually, the full life cycle of water, um, we would say it probably begins and ends with Mother Ocean. 
and uh, kind of grandma there, great grandma, <laughs> and water evaporates because there's no shade, and sunlight actually kill kind of kills water. So the sunlight finishes the water off, and now it's spirit and rising upward, and it goes up and it condenses uh, into cloud somewhere. And I'll throw a little tidbit in here. If you actually calculate how much liquid comes out of a cloud, it's impossible for that cloud to hold that much weight. <laughs> I love stuff like that. Like it's like megatons of water that comes down when you calculate it. Yeah. So how is it just sitting in this cloud? So there, there's kind of like the rebirth of water may just be like it's flat out born in greater numbers like so like the cloud is like a womb for water droplets mm. so the vapor is kind of like the fertilizer this is an analogy right yes. because it don't work out mathematically we're following we're following. so then the clouds are like the womb that starts to mature the water and then drops it on land again you can watch this in hawaii happen on maui like every day at three o'clock it's that fast it just keeps running in a circle. Like it goes out to sea, picks up the mineral, delivers it over the uh, top of the rainforest there. And like I was eating the fruit and I kind of felt bad. The fruit was so good, little tangent, but it reinforces the story of how you can speed these things up, right? And they still work. So in that forest, the fruit regrows itself full every day. Most of the trees. So when I was like, oh, I don't want to eat the last of uh, the Captain Crunchberry. Crunchberries, Captain Crunch, like copied the recipe from Crunchberries that exist in that rainforest. Wow. And they taste just like Captain Crunch, only they're real fruit. And I, I was like, man, I want some more of those. And I took like the last five and I was like, I don't want to be greedy. I got to leave it for somebody else. And the guy goes, no, nah, that'll be full tomorrow morning. Wow. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, man, I'm like, no fertilizer, nothing but mineral water coming from the ocean every day, a little bit. And that water runs back down the channels and out right back into the ocean. And it's it's literally like a 10-mile-long cycle. The real cycle involves getting into the earth and going way down to the deep bore and getting cooled. So we all know that kind of geothermally you get warmer as you go down. Well, how's the water going way down there and coming up at 39? Like, where's that coming from? Is it going up to the North Pole and getting... It cooled down and then staying cool all the way to Wyoming and Colorado and and so I, a guy was just uh, uh, telling me South America was the first time he got in 39 degree real spring water in South America right and he goes that I I didn't realize what water was until I like was in that 39 degree natural and I'm like because the whole of that water is on its way to maturity like fully understanding of its job fully understanding of how to communicate, fully understanding of all the elements and elements we don't even know about, right? Isotopes we don't know about. Like, it's not afraid of anything. You know, it'll dance with a nuclear reactor, no problem. Like, you know, and so this full life cycle is kind of like, here's the traditional loop of going way down in the earth and, and the best quality water. Schauberger was the biggest on this. That's where he said the water had levitative properties. That's where he said water had healing properties. If you don't get the water back to 39, you're kind of short cycling it. Hmm. 
right? So some of our technology is made to be put in the fridge at 39 degrees to make doses of ennobled water to be used as not medicine, but could be, but as a daily uh, routine ritual and, and uh, start positive water, positive attitude to the day without like being like ignorant, positive, like you still got to do your work. You still got to have discipline. You still got to employ the darker side, the things that aren't always easy or always fun. But when you combine those two, it's a nice uh, upbringing on accelerating the life cycle of the water. So the reason why we call it young water is because it hasn't gone on a journey yet. And it, it kind of doesn't have a lot of discernment. And you can also have like young water that's just already beat up really quick. Right. Like an abused child like thing. It don't see it that way. It's just going to do a job. But then it starts to become wise and intelligent at some point in the journey. And that time frame is different depending on where you are. The history. There's a DNA of inertia in this that like, you know, if you're from there, that water is, you know, it's like food. Like you're better off eating what's from you around you. So. And, and the idea that we have to bottle water and have it to deliver to the home is largely blown away when you combine, like, all the technology that's available. To, to get water really, really good and mature it in the home to its full potential is a little bit of artwork because your source water is always different. So, it, you know, we don't always hit it right off the bat with our full measure of technology, especially in, you know, there's some places where I'm like, listen that water is not worth trying to rectify unless you're going to run a plant. <laughs> and if you want to pay for a plant that can be easily run by you and not dangerous, we're happy to build you one. But it's, it's, it's probably we have to take and accept a little bit of uh, cutting corners to get the best out of what we can be practical. And, and there's huge gains in that. So, you know, my goal would obviously be to continue to improve the technology in the modern way which is just like don't hide the problem and move it from point A to point B and pretend like it ain't there. So the, the problem with filters is they, they tend to concentrate toxins and then the water has to flow over those toxins. And then the water is picking up the vibration of those toxins because it's trying to read it and learn from it, right? Mm. Um, there's better filters and there's, you know, the cheap filters, like I would say don't even use them things unless... You know, you know, you're removing something that's going to cause harm. M most of the time, water delivered to the home and municipal is pretty well cleared out to be a minor amount of, of stuff in the water. I mean, you're talking about uh, 0.12 to 0.5%. So you're 99.5 to 99.9 water in most municipal situations and getting better. Um, like a lot of the big bad wolf and the fluoride and the chlorine and all this stuff from an engineering perspective is an absolute, maybe the fluoride's questionable. I don't agree with it, uh, but it gets transformed into usable things. So fluoride isn't bad. It's, you know, silica versions of fluoride acid that are bad. So the most common call I get, does it remove the fluoride? I'm like, which type of the hundreds of fluorides would you like to remove? Because they all behave differently. If you're talking about the, you know, your chemical plant that's feeding your water, how much fluoride do you have in the water? Because there's always going to be fluoride in the water. We can find uranium in the water. Right. 
Right. So eventually people be like, you know, there's uranium in your water. And it could be, it could get stuck in your body and radiate you to death if you drink too much of it. Buy our filter and we'll concentrate the radiation right under your sink next to your balls while you're doing dishes. <laughs> this is a problem, right? In, in the radiation world, we're all like, no, you don't concentrate that stuff. You got to spread it out. Otherwise, it's deadly, right? So a nuclear reactor is just a spread out version of a nuclear bomb. And the earth is just a spread out version of a nuclear reactor. And so uranium is spread up out all over the place. It actually aids the Earth's life cycle. And then we go and dig it all up and put it back together again. Bad idea. Bad idea doing that. And and so filters generally end up in the landfill and they break down. And and the good thing is in the landfills, there's a ton of bacteria and they're aware of this. So they feed it. I mean, there's metal eating enzymes. There ain't a dang thing that Mother Nature won't take apart. Some things just take longer than others. And I fear that the landfills, we should be transmuting that. We can use water technology to do that too. I haven't had any luck proposing that to the cartels. Um, and ultimately, a lot of what we talk about is if it's too big of a change too soon, um, there's going to be people upset that you shit in their marketplace without permission. And they're going to make your life difficult. So there has to be a grassroots underground reality to the organic growth of this and at the same time like we don't the less we explain the more we can deploy without distraction so like a lot of what we do i mean on the inside i explain it and there's a record of it but i'm not gonna like continue to market it in its point blank science versions um and it doesn't do any good anyways to because to, people just want solutions so it's an evolution right now uh, in our industry is a little strange. It likes to fight a lot over who's right about water. And I'm very much like, listen, if the water is in an adaptive state, you're okay. Trust the water to adapt how it needs to. And remember, you're made of water and so is the earth. So it's all going to adapt as best it can to the conditions. So if we just back off. And, and learn more and treat this differently, nature will take care of itself. Where it screws up is, oh my God, we made a huge mistake and now mankind has to fix it next week. And so it does a bunch of more stupid shit. And in the long run, nature like has a more difficult time recovering from it. Mm -hmm. look, look at what they do. Like To control pH, they put chemicals in the water. Then the chemicals get stuck in the water and then they need to put chemicals in to get the chemicals out. And it's a never-ending battle where, where they're like, this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, yeah, because you're not really understand how water transforms things, let alone manifest things, which we can't talk about that yet. But transfer, transmutation, transformation, I'll talk about that. It, it's, it's, it's in the envelope of the spooky, you know, magical physics that I'm, I'm willing to talk about. And by the way, in nuclear power, like, transmutation happens all the time like it's it's the standard of teaching in it and, and you know once we get that base physics it's an underlier of what i love about waters it will teach a simple version of deep physics so everybody growing up comes with a reasonable understanding of how the universe works where they're like oh you're geeky einstein thing and that's a weird thing to understand how the universe works and it's like no, it ain't. 
you knew more about that before you got programmed with all this other stuff because you were a human being receiving the inputs from the universe inside and out. You weren't judging them. They weren't good or bad yet. And then at like six or seven old years old, right, there's a conscious trigger that goes off in the brain. And it's like now you're zapped with like program development. And there's abuse for that. But in the end, you can't throw away the other version of being purely intuitive. And so, like I said, we're all share that journey of like, like, I think developing intuition is ridiculously fun. Hmm. You know what I mean? And you get good, like Navy SEALs, they're like 70, 30, 90, 10, because they're trained to sense things before they happen. So they're not 50-50, and I know other people who are 90-10, and it's 90 disaster because their mind is always working on the fear and trying to avoid it, but they're actually kind of calling up the situation by focusing on it. So even scientifically, you can see like well-trained people can guess correctly 70 to 90% of the time when the situations are heightened, like a combat situation. They know there's somebody be in the behind the door before they open the door, and mm-hmm. water might be the the thing where that becomes electromagnetically 100% possible. Yeah, you know. Can so I- it, it it's uh, that's fun to me to hey I don't know much so if I have to listen to my body and use my intuition, like and I can get like 70% accurate with it, I'm doing that, you know, way before I'm like rifling through textbooks and doing million dollar experiments to try and prove something or disproving. So I think that's open to everybody, no matter what male, female, young, old, it, it, it crosses all of it. It networks it all together where there's no excuse. Like kind of like the, the religious teachings say is it will come to you. You don't need to go through another vehicle. Right. Mm. And water seems to be like the only vehicle that day in and day out, becomes a routine but i'm also saying you could change that like every day like now like i do this periodically and it's intuitive so this is a lapis crystal um and i'll drink this for about a week and then my body will say no more of that you know what i mean and it ha- it's happening like once every three months hmm. but i know i just look at it my intuition's like yeah that's what i need right now and that's how i am with water and there's a hundred other crystals i could put in here and get different effects out of, but that's the one that called me to go to work to test it. And I really like the water after it sits overnight in there. And then even if it warms up the next day, it's still got like a layer of smoothness and and palate that normally I'd be restructuring the water. And so for me, what this does is it holds the state of what it's like when it's freshly revitalized and it's not temperature sensitive. And that's unique to this crystal. I've got a bunch of other crystals where now it makes it. And it's focus, right? I know some people who like throw like 30 crystals into the water. And like that water wrecks me because it's confused. Mm. So when I drink it, I'm kind of like, now I'm confused. <laughs> like, like, you know, do we know enough about all these individual crystals and how they behave with us to put a bunch of them in together? I'm like, uh... That seems like shotgunning to me. And so there's a certain part about water and focus in the universe that uh, do really well, right? So we tend to stay super simple and use high form structure, very simple elements that basically are octaves of water. So 
there's the big secret when you find out where water is on the atomic table as an element, not as a chemical compound. So, so this is my take is like water, air, earth, and fire are elements that are the foundation of the atomic table. So if you try and learn about atomics before you have the foundational elements, they're the families everything lives in, right? The buckets, the different races, the east, west, north, south, whatever. And you have to understand those. So like water is a sacred element and studying it from a, a feel and an intuitive and more of a religious perspective, even though I don't admire institution a whole lot. Uh, but there is a discipline and a guideline. And, and that's what, you know, you guys and I'm trying to help people with in our company and, and giving a broader perspective because it goes way beyond the water. It goes for life improvement. And, you know, you can take D-ribose and L-propionyl and, and cacao and, and, you know, all these things that make your mitochondria grow faster. But if the water's good in your body, you'll need a lot less of it and it'll work better. And that's that's what I'm trying to say is less is more, right, is where we need to go with the human race. Otherwise, we're just going to plow our own nest under or somebody else is going to plow it under for us. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that the way, right? It's not like uh, the desire. We find something good and so we want to have as much of it all the time. Oh, I overdo the shit out of everything until I'm sick of it. And that's my personality. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I'm, I, I am famous for like going, I really like this and then like making myself sick off of it. And then I come back with the echoes and about a year later, I'm doing that substance exactly at the right amount, whatever it is that finds me my balance. Right. So I, you know, like you're your own doctor figuring out your own dose, but I'm a big fan of shock loading, M meaning like if we're going to break the board, and cause a change, we better hit it hard, <laughs> right? You don't want to hit this thing too soft because yeah. your hand's going to break. So my test is, Hey, if I, if I pound this into the body at a high rate and overdose on it, watch my body's response. And if it's not too bad, then I'm like, okay, this substance is accepted and, and now starting to transform quicker. But there's other people and other times, there's other things I learned where I have to go as shallow as possible for like, you know, like racing cars is something I progress very uh, slowly. The worst thing you could do is get out on the track and just start winging it. And, and especially if you own the car and you work on it, like when you're younger, you're like, I didn't build this thing. You know, I'm not thinking about like wrecking it. And, and so you have a different way of approaching it, right? And then you wreck one and you're like, oh shit, like I should have been more careful. And so you would think in like racing that you're out there just going as hard as you can and you're actually trying to slow everything down and feel it out as much as possible. And and bot, some people are built like race cars and some people are built like, you know, buses and trucks in, in their principle, right? Not in their body as much. You can have a really small guy that kind of has an attitude like a truck. You know what I mean? And, and can haul and work all day long. And, and so it's not about the physical world at this at that point. And I believe like those are the deep lessons like in, in water bends you inward to to become your own communicative master. And you don't need a guru or anybody else like that. that they have their way. And I'm, I'm kind of like Bruce Lee, like try their way.
see how their way works for you, but don't be stuck on that way because the universe and water are probably going to require creativity out of you for you to alchemically invent your own way to, to not just heal from a sickness, but to heal to find out what joy and contentment and happiness and happy all mean because they're not the same words, mm. right? And we all want to enjoy life more and we want to share that. And uh, water is kind of a way to have this personal thing going on of self-development, in my opinion, that's far easier than a lot of the other methods that are out there that have mixed results uh, because they need to keep selling it. You know what I mean? And it's like our technology doesn't wear out. So salespeople are like, well, that sucks. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> want to sell that. And I'm like, but all engineers should be designing technology that doesn't wear out so we don't have to go mine the earth again. 100%. Or recycle it where it's never the same quality. Um, so I'm looking forward to the future. And I got stuff with water from heavy industry. Uh, you know, the health aspect, I'm, I kind of, I got interested in because I appreciate the biological machine of the human body that the soul lives in. And as an engineer, I was always like, how does this thing work? Like, why are some of these levers backwards, but they're stronger like some of the levering systems in our bodies shouldn't work from a mechanical engineering standpoint. But when you look at that arm working with the whole body, then it works. Like mm. when you move your arm, your heel is involved. Mm. And, and there's a, a, a synchronicity between all these nerves and muscles that make the arm do things that the arm could never do. And there's like a valuable lesson in design and engineering and physics that you know, growing up, running a farm, right? There's and and I see it happening. So instead, we've had a lot of big opportunities. Instead of trying to get bigger and grow and market more, we decided to get more face to face and do regional and and like I tell people, I'm not selling you technology, or we're not selling you technology. We're selling you advice on how to maximize the quality of your life with water. And so once people do things, if they're not happy, um, they're they're like, well. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not interested in making a bunch of money off of you. You bought stuff. We built a relationship. It's human. And we're going to go deeper into this. And I'm going to continue to work on it until you like your water. Because even if the water is metabolically freaking awesome, if a person doesn't like it, I accept the fact that that that's we haven't taught them to get the water where they want yet and and you know, I'll cover this at cost. I don't want to make any money off of it after we've initially helped you. And I want to do business like that because I think that's the future of business, not this faceless automated, you know, and I was a machine automator my whole life. And I just told people, I go, automation is awesome on one hand, but it's devastating on another. It's devastating the human race and it's life experience. And when it fails, it's complete corruption of the whole system and so i you know when i was a kid i kind of had that computer my family taught computer science my uncle was regional western chapter ibm i had computers before people knew computers existed and was programming as a kid and at 14 years old i sat down one night to program like i always did and like an intuition stopped me and said this isn't going to be good for you hmm go do something else. Stop this. Stop this programming. It, it's not what you think it's going to be. It, it, you know, it's, it's going to work against everyone in the end, unless 
we learn certain things and trust that the human is a pretty sweet design and our onboard computers are, are far beyond what AI will ever do. Mm-hmm. And you got to develop intuition to do that. Yeah. You know, like Musk always tells people like, we're not going to be able to compete with AI bullshit. You won't be able to compete with AI. If you follow the rest of the matrix, that's a materialistic fraudulent world, always trying to get more and make more. And then look, you got the, like the Moore's law, the Moore's law where the computer chip will get faster and faster and faster. And it's been true since 1960. I'm like, that's the more disease. And that's that I can never get enough of something. And man, when you get that disease and you realize it, it's super weird. Hmm. Like to get out of that. I want more. I want more. I want, why am I not satisfied? And like, Water and that spiritual dive that often is associated with it is a way to quench that fire. Go for a walk and drink water. There's a good more for you. Mm-hmm. You know, just leave it at that. Those are good mores for sure. More, more walks, more water. That's that's going to be a, a better solution it's, than. It's my favorite thing. Walking is because you don't need really anything to do it. You know, I used to love backpacking and the mountains and all that. And I had to be out in the middle of nowhere with my backpack on. And, you know, I'd see a can in the middle of the forest and wilderness area and it would upset me. Now I can, you know, walk down the middle of a city and I'm fine with it just because mm. I'm walking. You know what I mean? Finding the balance. Um, a few few questions just from all the things we've been discussing. Um, you've mentioned intuition and manifestation a lot. So if this is kind of turning on some light bulbs for some people, Um, I'm curious your own practice for kind of tuning into your intuition and manifestation. And I'm also curious about your own as someone that is so deep into water, like what your own water practice looks like Mm -hmm. from a day-to-day perspective. Okay. Um, so I'll deal with, uh, the day-to-day water and like what that looks like for me. Yes. Um, so, my home, um, our water is drafted from the French Creek. Um, you know, maybe 1970, that was probably like, yeah, that's a nightmare. Uh, today, when when I fish and look over, the water quality is much, much better because the industry shut off a lot of stuff. So municipal water from a river source um, up by Lake Erie, um, all pretty good source in the modern day world with 8 billion people, right? Not anywhere near anything like, you know, mid-mountain stream, Montana, Wyoming, wilderness water, no big deal. It comes in um, through an HD24, which from our original technology back in the day, it has double the number of breathing stages and it has a narrower channel and a tighter like uh, in- integration, meaning we're, we're guiding the water into its own center a lot more than we used to. And that's due to the flow form shape. Um, we use shungite and ancient quartz and a lot of trace mineral in the dielectric, um, which is paramagnetic. So when people ask, why doesn't it wear out? I'm like, it does a magnet wear out on your fridge ever. Like that's the same here, right? So it gets activated by the, by the friction, the turbulence, right? It softens the water. It makes it kind of wetter. It won't transform every water into like living spring water. It makes an improvement to whatever water you start with. That's very significant. 
Um, and then I don't use a filter on the whole home because it shuts off the chlorine. Uh, and I use a shower unit. So I reheat it with the shower just because that like recharging the water live and being present with the water that's vortexing a certain way, but double, double wine, we call it. Um, it's a field cancellation that tends to promote life force and cancel electromagnetic forces. Uh, it's the same thing Tesla was doing with electrical systems. It makes the water electricity would. There's pictures of electricity flowing like in the double helix, and that's like where energy and electricity is efficient. Just cover some of the technical stuff where I'm going through. So that's like very practical, more the engineer side. Every morning, the first thing I do is pick up the carbon gene unit, which is the portable unit that is uh, shielded uh, with shungite. So the, your water's quiet now, right? Because it's not getting the electromagnetic radiation that it's been exposed to. Uh, and that is corked. A vacuum is drawn. It's pulled down to 39 degrees. It's four ounces of water, which is all a liver can process in your average human weight per half hour, hour. Uh, so I start with that, and that kicks my day off into, like, a clarity. It doesn't jack me up. If it did, like, I, I uh, acclimated to that. And so it's a very clear, gradually waking, you know, energy. Uh, and then I'll oscillate my uh, months with, like, I'll just take it straight out. Oh, and I have a polishing filter, a submicron polishing filter at the sink. Right, so th so that for the drinking water, the water I put on my body, I do recommend to take out as much as possible that's not needed because that's just extra work for the water it doesn't need. So you're unloading the water in that sense. And the pressed carbon block are the high quality ones that spread out the toxins inside. Uh, and they have like a graphite, uh, which is high quality carbon graphite. And the pressure makes it head towards like diamond-like qualities, kind of like shungite, which is also a form of graphite with buckyballs in it or carbon-60. And so we're using a lot of atomic vibrational transfer to change the water. Shungite is widely known over hundreds of years in Russia because that's where it comes from as like the way you treat water to like add uh, improved qualities to water. Uh, the czars always used it for their cabinet for increased consciousness um, and because they wanted people to think more clear and better when they were making big decisions, right? So there's some design underlying the talk of effect, but I believe it's amplifying what's already in water. Um, then when I go to work, I drink the mineral, the volcanic mineral water, and I pace that by intuition. Honestly, a lot of times that four ounces of water or the carbon gene, I won't be thirsty until one or two in the afternoon off of four ounces. Wow. And so the least, the less water you can drink, the better, because now you're unloading the system, right? You're contributing to system load. People are like, I have to drink two gallons of water a day. I'm like, you're, that's not healthy. And there's something wrong with your water if you need to drink that much, unless mm. you're like, Unless you're on the chain gang swinging a sledgehammer in Arizona all day, you don't need no two gallons. You, you, you know, like that's there's and, and people strip their minerals because they drink crappy two gallon water. So then they get low on potassium and that sets off a, a giant chain reaction in the body. That's terrible. You know, cortisol starts coming up, the, you know, then you can't sleep. And your mind starts racing like crazy. So like potassium deficiencies cause huge problems. 
and calcium deficiencies, obviously, too. And it's like the absorbability and the form of those are important. So, like, there's a whole aspect of getting the right shape calcium into the body, which is what the structuring does. So, I basically face the north, have gratitude, and then kind of picture everything transforming atomically, which is like the physical part of us, uh, to induce form and function and, and appreciate the beautiful design that, you know, is present, like, in all of us, right? Not, not me, but all of us, and every animal and every plant. So that's that very quickly is the way I start the day and it and it used to be a lot more uh but I found less was more and I just needed to get to the points that really hit my heart you know that I'm really fond of and give them to myself and then go share them with the world when I go to work or go out into the world right cuz we're just expressing so I'm like man I don't want to share misery or you know I don't want to share that I'm pissed that I had to redo a job and it you know, I had to work 90 hours a week this week, you know, so the, 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 the ritual is always reset with that water, get clear and bring that mind before I go out into the world. So that's mm -hmm. probably my biggest ritual. And then, uh, when I'm working around the, the home, um, I notice if I get like on a Saturday, I do work, get up early, work real hard. I want to take a nap. I'll do the carbon gene. And if I w do it before I get tired, so kind of pop in, Maybe drink, and I'm talking working in the yard when it's 85 degrees, maybe six or seven or eight of those charge cycles. And now my body really doesn't want like normal structured water until I like get closer to bedtime. And I've really been trying not to drink before bedtime and just let the body shut off and give the kidneys a break. And, you know, uh, that that's kind of my, and then I have some extreme stuff, but I, I'm not going to go into into that because it's there's too many of it and it's where you're like using water as medicine and you're really like you're really driving it in there with different methods right and i don't do those every day by a long shot and they're rare and i i don't get sick very often but if i feel something coming sometimes i'll huff on some plasma or if i got a bad wound that's irritating me that's debilitating i'll take like water plasma forms and and I'll breathe it and get it in my blood and, and apply it, um, you know, to, to wounds to make them heal faster. I mean, I've seen the worst cases of poison oak wiped out in 24 hours, 100% with itching completely relieved just with mineral water. Wow. Hmm. I had a dog who rolled around in it for like two hours. And when I rolled him over, he kept itching and he's not an itch dog. And when I looked at his belly, he had blisters the size of quarters all over his belly everywhere. And I was like, oh, dude. And this was like two hours after. And I'm like, this dog. And, and I was like, oh, my God, I got to do something to him. So I took the volcanic mineral and the structured water and, and just put it on direct uh, with a, a towel, like a towel. Just rubbed it on him. And I noticed he stopped itching immediately. And the next morning, it all turned black and the skin peeled off. And he was brand new skin underneath. Wow. And so there's like accelerated healing modalities. When you hit them right, they're like, what? And, and an understanding that water brings that like, I'm just gratitude for that. And I'm putting it to work most every day, all day, wow. you know, I'm kind of like the hair club guy. Like I'm really fond of what we develop and put out and I use the hell out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, but I'm always trying to do less is more, you know, but I'm consistent with it. You know, the daily use and the discipline is there.
And I find that most people struggle with developing the discipline to put something into play long enough where they can let it all acclimate and coalesce. They're in a hurry. They want more. If this didn't work today, then we want to push a button and get something that'll work tomorrow. And that's like the worst way to for self-development, natural development, healing the planet. I think we all got to slow way the hell down and realize our minds are seeing things way faster than we can make them happen. You know, everything in this world is, oh, we'll be done in two weeks. And I'm like, you sure it ain't six to eight? <laughs> you know, and they'll be like, maybe three or four. Guess what it always is, six to eight. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you have to be you have to be honest and, and focus on that quality, right? It's quality focus. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, I got a lot of sacred geometry and play number games and whatever the intuition says. Like I transfer vibrations into the water sometimes like rather than take the substance um i'll follow like uh you know like a microphone versus a magnetic tape like water's flowing by you know maybe if we have a magnet we can create some vibrations next to the magnet and we have no reason to believe that the magnet doesn't transfer that into the water and we can actually see changes from it sometimes mm -hmm. so, that's something that's something that can be done like it you could put like the frequency of a vitamin into water and you would have you're in your body it would take in that information of like oh this is vitamin c even if you didn't have anything with vitamin c you just had the water that had that frequency like imprinted yeah. into it right yeah correct and you still like want the substance in there a little bit so it's like people see i've, I've heard doctors say this that the most effect is the water programming and I kept them on like a micro dose of vitamin C, but I put vitamin C in their programming protocol and like their body responded with numbers, meaning that, that the blood works getting better. The symptoms are going away. And I've heard numerous doctors say they're conventional and they went, you know, the other way kind of functional uh, doctors is what they call them now where they mix naturopathy with all allopathy and I, I've heard numerous ones say that the most effective thing I've done is is program these remedies into, into water. And, you know, the better you make the water to begin with, the more it'll accept the program because it's a better antenna and the more it'll communicate it out. So and that's not like good or bad in a horsepower linear sense. It's like what kind of antenna, like what kind of sound do you like? Some people like heavy bass and this type of, you know, sound. And some people like a broader range and some people like acoustics. Some people like, you know, heavy metal and it's all good. It's just what you prefer and, and pursuing what you prefer. And the water medicines, in my opinion, is like that. And the water, if it's like not good for you, the water will just be like, eh, eh. you know, <laughs> it, eh, we're not going to probably implement this, you know. And so there's a whereas if you take the substance, you're getting it. Yeah. And the most substance I've been scared, most scared of, and by experience, was I went on this uh, detox, and some very special people who are very talented uh, made me a homeopathic water, very pure water. There's very little of anything in it. And they said, uh, when you do this with the protocol, make sure you don't do any more, like one to two drops. And I was like, really? Well, I, I forgot and slung a hole. 20 milliliters in there because I was, you know, I just sucked it up with the dropper and slung the whole thing in there. And I had done three to five and the detoxes were draining. And I did them with and without that water. 
And it was way, the detox was way easier without the water. So the guy who warned me, I was like, we'll find out. But then I did the whole thing. It shut me down for like two days, but I got a really deep detox, but I don't usually like to be like knocked out for like two days. You know what I mean? So stuff that I haven't even done that other people have prepared are like can be extremely powerful. Hmm. I would never sell it that way. Um, water. I, w- I would say you can find ways to make water extremely powerful and we'll give you some tools to do it. But it seems like when you start professing that it is this way for everyone all the time, water's like, nope, I'm doing something different. And, and usually it's what a person needs isn't really known until they develop their intuition hmm. and, and start like feeling better uh, one way or another, right? Whether you're an athlete trying to do faster or score more or run longer with less water, whatever it is to a person who's trying to heal from a severe disease, uh, a chronic thing that's stuck. Um, it's, it's in there working on it either way. And once you know that the momentum and the mind and everything start going the right way and you become more creative. So I'm all over the place other than probably the carbon gene in the morning. And when I come home from work and let me see last month, because I have this 21 day thing scientifically that takes 21 days to turn discipline into a habit where it becomes easy at a minimum. And there's a lot of study on that. So I just roll with it. All right. I got 21 days of like really having to focus and uh, waking up in the morning and, and like I've been doing uh lemon organic lemons. So I do a half a lemon in the morning and a half a lemon in the day. Uh, at the end of the day, and that's my like discipline right now with gratitude. It's very simple, and uh, I think I'm just coming on like a little over a month of that, and I like I like it. I used to do like uh, healing protocols with lemons, like Carrie Reem style, like three parts uh, uh, lemon and five parts water was the ratio, and it was a lot of lemon, and it will really like detox you pretty hard actually. So. I wanted to compare the lemon uh, back to back with the volcanic mineral to learn the difference because they're both really good at detoxing and they're both good at delivery. But the organic lemons are probably starved of mineral, knowing what I know about soil. And I doubt, you know, buying them from a mainstream grocery store that they're super high quality lemons. And honestly, I'm not that impressed with the vegetable growing knowledge in this whole country. There's a few people who really know what they're doing. And when you eat those vegetables, I, I, that's why you're hearing so many like vegans and vegetarians are going back to meat and getting unhealthy is, is because the, the minerals are very important to get, to have a, enough little bit of those in the body, especially for the liver. So it can manufacture the liver, in my opinion, will manufacture whatever you need if you really need it. Hmm. That that's my belief. I could never prove that. Nobody could disprove that. <laughs> uh, but but they've caught the liver doing all sorts of things that science says or medical world says the liver can't produce this amino acid. So you have to take it as a supplement or get it from the outside. And then you see some research where no, actually, you know, if 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 a lot for an extended period, if you don't feed it to your body, the liver just starts producing it. And so that's why fasts do these interesting things right water fasts have always been a huge way to raise consciousness and heal in all of religious history you know and 40 days i've talked to people who've done 40 days that ain't me 
but they're like, man, coming into the 40-day mark, some really weird stuff happens. So there seems to be a reason why, you know, the 40 days, you know, the Mayans, uh, the Christians with the Christ story in the desert, there seems to be a body response or maybe even a water response at 40 days that's different, mm -hmm. you know. So I've been studying moon cycles because why is this changing? You know, like like you talked about the moon. Oh, 100%. The water is aware of moon phases, sun phases. I mean, it's obvious. And like scientists are like, oh, the moon doesn't have anything to do with water. And I'm like, water is so interconnected and so telling. Like, I believe there's signatures in water when there's a, before there's a solar flare, before there's an earthquake. I just haven't got to to study it that deeply yet. Wow. You know, knowledge and belief are different things. I believe that based on what I've seen. Yeah. Right. Huh. I haven't proven it scientifically. And the older I get, I'm kind of like, I'd rather just work with people and help them improve. And people who don't want to do that, I, I don't need to be around them. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. just they're on their own journey. I'm cool with it. So I think water is just an easy way to do that. Um, overall, like the one thing I would take, like I've talked about. So it's easy for me to stick with and develop new things, which I can't talk about all of them, but there's a lot more going on behind all this, you know? Yeah. It always fascinates me when people are like skeptical about, you know, how people might act differently or be influenced when there's like a full moon or a change in like the moon cycle. And I used to think that way. I was like, whatever, it's just like woo woo. But then, you know, living here in a coastal area, it's like, well, we know that the, the tide is directly correlated and affected by the moon. And, you know, we are bodies of water. So like, wouldn't it, isn't there a logical it's case? It's kind there of common say, like, sense where you're like, how did I miss this? Yeah, before? yeah. Like, right. Of hmm. course, of course, the water, like we are going to respond to moon, the moon's energy and pull and all that because we're water. And like, look, every day I see a high tide and a low tide like twice a day. It's like, oh, yeah. I was always interested too. And, but, and I was like you, and I think I'd just gotten out of the service and I was doing construction work and a fire. I was remodeling a kitchen for a fireman. And we were having a chat and he was like, oh, the moon? He goes, I can tell you from our calls triple right around a full moon. He goes, "There's that's no bullshit that the moon makes people like. And in a way, it's like, uh, you know, what uh, level of influence are you allowing to have come over you? You know what I mean? And, and then I'm a big like 90% pretty hardcore discipline guy. And then I'm in favor of like, about 10%, just get rid of all the rules and do whatever you want. Have pure freedom. Do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid of things. Try them. Uh, don't, you know, don't hurt yourself. Don't have any of that going on. Uh, but do whatever you want, you know. And people w with those types of deals, like, relieve stress. Because I could get like over military disciplined and work too much and shit. And I realized, like, no matter what I ate or drank, that wouldn't that's going to end up bad mm -hmm. you, you know so there's little tricks to all of this and you know i'm no uh expert or master on any of it but um i have learned a lot of gratitude and i do feel more at peace and and less uh goal oriented like i i have to achieve this i i want to achieve it you know what i mean but i don't have to achieve mm. it you, you know 
Yeah. Like it's okay. So I, I, I for me, it's, it's a, it's all of it, but there's something about the water that I can't explain with consciousness that you hit on way back at the beginning that it's a, like a porthole. Mm, yeah. Um, what, in that kind of direction, one thing we talked about before we hit record too, um, which I find so interesting, you mentioned water is a network just like mushrooms. Um, can we kind of dive into that? And it makes sense. Like it is one body of water connected through the world. Like if you put, pour some water into the river here, it's the same body of water, the Pacific ocean to the, you know, Atlantic ocean. Like it's, it's one big body of water. Um, but can you kind of shed some light on, on water being a network, just like, you know, we've learned that the, the fungal network can communicate at, you know, at light speed across, across a forest kind of thing. Yeah. So it seems to be that there's a simple quality to life force energy that is denser in the water, but it doesn't, you don't have to have water to have it. It's like, it's like the omniscient everywhere all the time thing. Uh, some people have named it the ether. Uh, I don't even think it's worth like, it's just worth accepting that there's a, a, a thing we don't understand. Uh, it's not a thing. It's a principle that brings forth, you know, things. So in the quantum models or sub quantum models, there's a point at which there's a solid state on a pathway that's beyond our perception. And so people ask, like, how could it communicate instantaneously? And I say, okay, imagine you have a perfectly stiff steel rod and and you're looking at one end of it and somebody else pushes a little bit on the other end of it. Is there any delay whatsoever in the movement of one end of that? Because it's a whole body. And so water has this thing where if it, if it's impacted hard, like struck by lightning, it becomes ridiculously hard. So it like hardens up to whatever the hardening coming in before the hardening coming in, and it just cancels it out. You can actually show this on oscilloscopes with like smacking the water with like 100,000 volts, and the water goes in the opposite direction like a shock absorber, right? So it's already seeing what's coming before it gets there and changing itself. Right. This this is the electromagnetic behavior you can record. I have this recorded time and time and time again. And uh, I could tell it was happening because of the way the electricity behaved differently. Um, so, you know, when we look at this fungal network, we see a fractality that's like lungs, like roots, like. And we also see the geometry inside the 100 nanometer cells that uh, Theo, Dr. Theo, um, said this is the real structure of water. It's like a neural network. And then we look at the brain, we look at the inside of water, living water, and we look at space, and it's all the exact same geometry. It's like it's the same geometry as if you pour water down a hill in soil. It digs out a tree, an upside-down tree, right? It spreads out. From satellite, you can't tell the difference. I always trick people. I'm like, what's that? They're like lungs. I'm like, no, that's water running down the side of a hill from a satellite. What's that? You know, uh, nope, that's your brain. You know, what's that? My lungs. Nope, that's tree. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and people can't tell when you take away like, you know, color features and things like that. So um, we just have this desire of the universe that we would say is in reality in real time, devoid of time and space and all like feeling perception. 
right? And and back out of that comes the physical reality, and it's re-looping right now at ridiculous speeds that seem continuous to us. But it but really what we're seeing is a different like you're changing, even though I might say you're the same, you've changed a lot in the last, you know, thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. And and like if you, you can measure it in your physiology. So like you were talking about, like it's kind of common sense. You know, my heart rate changed. You're responding to the vibrations. I'm when I'm talking, he's talking, you're sensing things in your environment that I don't even know about, but you can transmit them non-space non-time to me and so the study of radionics is got a little bit of this going on and so radionics people build fancy machines and then i i got interested in radionics and agriculture and i studied it and then finally i went to somebody and i'm like what the hell's the difference between radionics and dousing and they were like they this guy's really well known for it and he takes out a pendulum from his coat pocket and he goes Nothing. That's my preferred method. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, people are trying to sell this stuff like it's electromagnetic influence and all this stuff. But really, it's tied to the intention and manifest. And like the technology is a tool we use to help uh, anchor it in better, to make it more formal. To, I mean, essentially, it's 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 prayer. But prayer is more hope or a wish against fear where like radionics is intention. I, I, w- I am taking time to intend for this person to heal. That's it. And then you asked another question earlier. It's like, how do you learn how to do this intuition better? It's don't be attached to an outcome. Mm-hmm. That's when it'll work. If you're attached to an outcome, you'll be getting screwed all over the place by the universe or ayahuasca or whatever you're doing. <laughs> it will screw it will screw with you until you detach from the outcome. Yeah. It's like uh, You want what's best for everybody. If somebody's meant to die and that's their journey, you don't want to take that away from them. Mm. And you know, I've done that with animals where I've kept them alive biologically, mechanically, and I'm like this never ends. Like at some point I have to let go and it's kind of their time to go. And I could feel it like coming from the animal that, all right, I'm good. I appreciate you uh, giving me another couple years and we had a good couple years together, but I don't want to go through this again. And I, and the animal knows you're like preparing things and have these giant concoctions and you know, at when they're, when you're done, you're done, right? There's a fate mm-hmm. side to this whole thing where the goal isn't to stay alive as long as possible. It's to live the best quality life uh, and share that, right? If you don't share it, then the reality is a little bit lost. Mm. It's not as real like if you don't share it, right? So I thought that was a great line from Into the Wild, that happiness doesn't exist if you can't share it. Mm. And I don't necessarily agree with it, but it brings up a point of the importance of sharing. Mm -hmm. So, uh yeah, be less serious. So that's where I'm at in life with the whole thing and the that communication, fungal network, water is it might just be water in the fungal network that's doing the intelligence. I can't prove that, but it's what it looks like at this point in the game. Amazing. And so when you think about now water like hunting out the shortest pathway, uh, because Japanese engineers put like a loaf of bread 
in the ground and then let the fungus drill the fastest pathway for the subways that had the least resistance because they wouldn't they know how to get around everything it knew and it's got step leaders like lightning so there's one that a scout that goes out ahead and researches everything and comes back and communicates to the ones that are waiting to go and then they all go together right on the b line to where it needs to go and lightning operates the same way so tell me there isn't a divine intelligence within all things and as far as manifesting in the life you know water's just that it's that it's the female like here i am i'll bur- i'll give birth to this and it's everything and anything we call life and then there's an idea underneath that that supports that right that whole thing so it's like the male female polarity exists in life force but it's all unified in in nothing mm. so everything comes from nothing and like don't we hear that like in religion? Yes. There, first there, there was sound. So there was nothing. And then first there was a vibration. Yeah. You know, which is actually probably a thought to that sound would be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From nothing comes everything. It's kind of like the trip that's like, well, I can't, it can't be possible, but. And then dying. Now you're just changing form. It's the wrong word. We need to change the word, you know, and, and you know, reborn. No, you didn't redo anything, you know. It's all right now. Transmutation. (laughs) So the language, they do this in electrodynamics too. Like I say, they never should have invented the negative because it's all positive coming from a zero point that we've never got to. Hmm. And so it really screws electrical engineers up when you start talking about biological charge and negative. And it's like everybody's like, well, the hydrogen is uh, this charge. And I'm like, the hydrogen's whatever charge it needs to be to balance out the equation. <laughs> like it, it's positive, negative, and there's different types of positive and negative. Like really it goes back to overdoing it. Mm. When to turn left, when to do right, and how much. How much gas, how much brake. I mean, we're we're like cars. Like pH is an accelerator, right? Uh, low pH is an accelerator. High pH is a brake. We need both of them. One isn't better than the other. Actually, in transition, race car drivers use both at the same time and how much to turn the wheel and when. Mm -hmm. And that's every intuitive decision you're making. How much am I going to go into this and am I leaning the right way? Or like, whoa, that messed me up. I got to do the opposite, right? And the trial and error. And I always tell people like knowledge. Well, intuition is half knowledge, right? And half feel. And so you got to live life in order to build intuition. It's not just like, oh, my gut says. It's like, yeah, my gut told me that 24 times and I was wrong every time. So I don't (laughs) listen to my gut anymore. And I need to get more experience with what these feelings are, right, that I obviously don't understand. Yeah, You know, I'm not good at, right? So some of the best natural paths in the world will go, it's like lifting weights. You got to do it every day. Don't question it. Just do it and you'll get better at it. If you sit there and get the mind involved and you get in a hurry where I want to be able to do this next week if it's true and I want the secret, you know, and then there's people selling the secrets out there all the time. But in the end, they don't work because people are trying to shortcut it just like water. They're just shortcutting the whole deal. You got to integrate it, make it part of your your practice, Mm -hmm. part of your process, part of your journey. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sense a real good perspective from from both of you in, you know, 
what I'm kind of sharing from a water perspective, but I feel like you already kind of are all over the perspective from a, all uh, a bigger picture, and and the water is a way we can like focus around it a little bit more, right? Yeah, it's a vehicle or a porthole or a transport to a deeper version of all of us that we're like, come on, if we can't take care of the water on the planet, we're going we're going nowhere in the future. Oh, yeah. This is this is going to get worse way before it gets better right and yeah the way it may get better might be like don't behave like a parasite on the <laughs> planet and we'll probably be all right all right friends well there you go uh, clearly a deep dive into all things water and the energy and enthusiasm and knowledge uh of jonathan was on full display there and so grateful to him and the work that he's doing and the way that he is um yeah bringing kind of this this concept this idea of importance structured water uh living water into the forefront through his work and and through sharing conversations like this we're just so grateful and and um, continue to be kind of uh, students of his learning along the way as he is uh yeah himself just keep continually diving deeper into it down the well, down yeah. the well. So check out Nat Action H two O on Instagram and NaturalAction.com to check out um, all the things that he is creating. Uh, it's it's always blowing my mind. His uh, Instagram is really cool too. It kind of like goes into some of the benefits of structured water and and uh, there's lots of helpful infographs to kind of visualize some of the things that we talked about today. So. I encourage you all to kind of further your journey with water. Check out Jonathan Butts, Natural Action. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, the best way for us to spread this goodness just a little bit further is uh, if you can share this with a friend, leave a review. Um, Those are kind of the best ways to spread the message. Uh, We know we we love getting the reviews on Spotify, Apple, wherever you tune in. Helps us spread the message just a little bit further. Uh, and, and we all need water, so uh, spread it to your, your friends that drink water, and I hope that's just about everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, stay good, y'all. Peace.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.